we are, man. Hello. It's been like it's twenty six years since the last podcast. A minute. A minute. Like maybe several. Yes. A minute, like on the streets. A minute. Yes. Yeah. Street minutes. Yep. That's right. But a New York minute is super fast. That's true. So New that's York. Th- those streets are weird. They are weird. Yeah. Have They're, you ever been to New York? Um, I have been to the airport. Nice. <laughs> it's closer than I've got. Yeah, I've never had any interest nice. in going to New York. I, I feel like, like I have eh. to at some point just to like check it off the list. But yeah, I don't really want to either. So yeah, me either. I feel like I'm from Toronto, Canada. <laughs> it kind of thinks it's New York, the or, New York, or of the Canada. New York of Canada, New York's yeah. little brother. I mean, it is a big city and has subways and tram, all that kind of stuff. So like. <laughs> And also, every time you see New York in a movie, it's actually Toronto usually. So That's funny. I feel like Better. I'm fine. I'm just fine. Is it easier to film there or something? Yeah, it's a lot cheaper. A lot cheaper. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> By the way, I'm Matt Kitchen. And I'm Father Eric. And this is After, After the, the Likeness. Welcome back, everybody. So, it's Ben... Oh, Since wow. uh, before Christmas, yeah, we had our interview podcast, and mm-hmm. uh, we apologize for the big long break. But mm-hmm. January and, seems and the big long interview. But <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, we hope you enjoyed that. It was I hope really you did. fun. It was very. That good. was good. It was just. Um, it was a lot for my um, my small brain with small attention span. Oh, me too. So hopefully, like, people oh, listening man. have bigger brains with bigger mm-hmm. attention spans. <laughs> I was like, here's some quick questions, Nathan. He was like, everyone shall be mind blowing. <laughs> But it's I true. loved it. I Me loved too. it. I, was, I really like Nathan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we'll have to have him back on some more. We didn't mm. even kind of get to the thing that like I really <laughs> remember from my classes with him. Yeah, uh, which was about like how our liturgy participates in ev- invisible and eternal realities, such Whoa. as God, but also others as well. Um, I feel like we probably everything. talked about that somewhere. We've, in there. I mean, <laughs> I've mentioned it. <laughs> Well, what's new, man? Yeah. What's, oh, what's not much. Um, I uh, Last week, it was really funny. It, for those of y'all that don't know, it got cold in Texas, and that was very scary. So mm. everything shut down for two days. And on the morning of the day, it got really cold. I smacked my head <laughs> uh, really hard on the tailgate of my uh, I'm laughing with you, Forester, not you. <laughs> as I was like <laughs> gathering firewood so that I, uh, before dawn so that I could make s'mores in a fireplace for my daughter and wife and mostly myself um for a good cause yeah and uh so i just ran straight into a thing with my head really hard and then i had a a sort of a mild (laughs) concussion and had to recuperate for like 48 hours that's like the concussion protocol you know and not look at screens and whatnot, which is actually kind of fun. I did get the firewood, yeah, so I could just like look at the fire. Is that allowed? Um, just like you know, my ancestors <laughs> in Canada have done for generations: <laughs> lie on a couch and look at a fire, which is awesome. But it worked out so well providentially. The every uh, our office and everything was canceled those two days, so I um, it ended up those forty eight hours. I didn't have to even call off work stuff it was already all called nice. off me by look the cold. at that yeah <laughs> so the lord works in mysterious ways mm-hmm. yep basically we all got free days because you bumped your head I think. that's right that's yeah. exactly what well, happened. i appreciate you yep yep you're welcome <laughs> i just was looking up when we posted the last episode it was before christmas yeah that's right and yeah. now we're in february i know so I, know. I don't think there's any way in the world we can both say what we've done since then january no, is january a was nightmare so big and huge and yeah there's not so because much. it was bad it's just 
busy. There's it was so much so going busy. on. <laughs> you always think January's going to be calm after Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's ne- it never has been. It ain't. It ain't. It ain't. It ain't. <laughs> January's a liar. Well, was your Christmas good? My Christmas was great. Nice. It was wonderful. How about yours? I think so. Yeah. Uh, what I remember was good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. And I'm not even Last concussed. Last year. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> just so long ago. Yeah. 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 We've yeah. Uh, just been really same old, same old, I guess. Um, I don't have any big, bright, awesome stories that I can think of right now because cool. I didn't think of it before I started talking. And yeah. I'm already okay. talking. Yep. And I got I'm nothing. <laughs> and that's okay. It's okay. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just... There's something I was going to say about the service Okay. On oh, Sunday. Oh, is this ask a sermon question or whatever yeah. segment? I should have written it down, though. <clears throat> this is engaging for the listeners. Yes. This is- <laughs> There's nothing people like more than dead just air. me thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Hold, please. <laughs> I got nothing. It'll probably hit me in a little bit here. Okay, cool. But um, yeah, family's doing good. Ivy's doing good. She's uh, she's still four and still that's all awesome. all of it. She's- yes, <laughs> four year olds are amazing, listeners. We would like you to know that <laughs> they They're, really are uh, super cool <laughs> and so surprising. We did. I took her to the movie theater the other night, which oh was yes, pretty good. Mm-hmm. There's a a movie out called The Amazing Maurice. Oh, Have you heard okay. of it? No, I hadn't either. I just was like, I want to take mm-hmm. Ivy to the theater. What's out for kids? Yeah. Animated movie, PG. I was like, all right, let's go check it out. Because cause Sable, my wife, she went to go do something with some friends. So Yeah. It was daddy-daughter time. That's right. Let's, so let's it's do time for fun. movies and yeah. pizza. And we just ate so much popcorn. <laughs> really? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> but the movie is about some cat who like scams people by having these like pet rats hmm, and the rats. Yeah. The rats. Oh, like, it's like a protection pretend, racket? Yeah. They yep, like pretend yep. to infest the town. I see where they're going. But uh, instead, like, well, well, he basically pretends to rid the town mm-hmm. of the rats, but mm-hmm. they're all in cahoots, as they yep. say. It's it pretty fine. That's awesome. It's not Teach those kids your way to, to watch out for con artists. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. It was kind of funny, though, because my dad's middle <clears throat> name is yeah. Maurice, which is oh, very strange. Okay. It does not fit our family. Was he but, a cat? No, uh, <laughs> he's close. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but... In a like, apparently, he found out like later in life it was supposed mm-hmm. to be Morris, like M A U R I C E. Oh, interesting. And but it's like an ongoing thing in that movie too. They call him Morris, and he's like, "It's Maurice." I feel like he's got probably pretty good grounds for likeness rights. On, oh, uh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he obviously mm-hmm. should sue somebody. That's for right. <laughs> so, Dad, if you're listening, get that money. Get that money. Okay. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Well, today, as promised, we're kind of wrapping up um, the the theme that we've had for the last little season, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. just about sort of like Episcopal practices. What is the Episcopal Church, and what does it do, and what does it mean to be Episcopalian? And so we interviewed uh, the liturgy professor, uh, the Reverend Dr. Nathan Jennings, who is all about like our sort of Episcopal traditions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that, we, if y'all remember listeners, even before our last episode was so <laughs> long ago, but we kind of talked about like what, what uh, are the practices um, that make the Episcopal church, the Episcopal church. And we kind of got the into sort of like talking becoming about becoming Episcopalian. Yeah, that's right. Becoming a couple Episcopalian. episodes yes, ago. Yeah. If you guys haven't listened, you that's can right. Go check that one out. And so, um, 
part because it was about becoming Episcopalian, we're kind of talking about like the minimums, you know, like, you know, being baptized, being confirmed. I remember we mentioned like uh, Thomas Jefferson, right? And so like he's Episcopalian, but he was also like a deist and like didn't really believe that Jesus was the son of God, for instance, or miracles or so like. Um, and we talked about sort of around the edges of the Episcopal Church. And this, I think, is both is a gift of the Episcopal Church in a certain sense, um, is like you get a lot of diversity, right? So there are mm-hmm. some Protestant, uh, usually this is very Protestant sects that are like very, the defining point of membership in both their church and oftentimes they'll say for the church as a whole is like intellectual belief in uh, intellectual assent to a certain number of things. Like here's the three Uh, things, the five things, the seven things you have to believe. You have to affirm this confession of faith. And that determines if you are a member of our church or a member of, and and usually a member of a real Christian, you know? Um, And, and that's not really the case in the Episcopal church. Again, with an asterisk, kind of like there are confessions. We have the 39 articles, uh, there's lots of theology, and it's a very intellectual. We have a really deep intellectual tradition, but we kind of don't look for just the merely the intellectual ascent. So you get, as we kind of talked about in that episode, when we're talking about the minimum, what makes uh, what, how one would become Episcopalian, um, we were talking about just sort of those minimum things, yeah, that, like what what's the minimum thing that can happen to make you be able to say I am Episcopalian. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of how that, that conversation lends itself Mm -hmm. to, because we're asking about the boundaries around the edges. Um, but so it occurred to me like the bar I set for myself. Yeah. What we talked about. (laughs) Well, because we don't want to, because we don't want to be like Matt and set the bar. so well. Uh, I wanted to talk about as we're kind of wrapping up our exploration of, uh, Episcopalianism things, and we're going to turn in our next uh, kind of season back to more like generally fun Christian things in general from, of course, an Episcopal perspective, being an Episcopal priest and Episcopal layman, um, <laughs> but like uh, Bible stories and, and other concepts and fun things and um, and some not fun things as well. We're going to be looking at <laughs> evil and grief and Job, too, yeah. which is really like, cool. Some fun things. Yeah, in my that's head. And like, I was like, wait, just there's also on the list. There's grief some, and some Job. Fun, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> which will be our next one. So, um, <laughs> but uh, fun. But yeah, yeah. Want to take a moment just so we don't think the Episcopal Church is just these minimums um, and talk about like what. What do we want to be as Episcopalians? What is maximum Episcopalian? You know, yeah. like what is it to like um, to to be maximal Episcopal uh, in in a certain sense? Mm-hmm. And like um, it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's fun. Try and to attain, make it to the top of the mountain. Yeah, yeah. What are we aiming for? <laughs> you know, like because yeah. we're not aiming to be. Um, to be Thomas Jefferson and be like a nominal member of the church that attends every once in a while, but has a Bible and you cut stuff out cause you don't like it. And you know, <laughs> like you're really more following this deistic ex non-Christian philosophy, you know, like we actually do think it like, certainly I would say it is important to like know what the core beliefs of Christianity are. Like we never would want to boil it down to like, these are the five or seven things. And if you don't believe, you know, like we want to be a church where it's okay to question and to really deeply understand things. Mm -hmm. Like we wouldn't want, for instance, to just present someone, here's a list and like check all the boxes or you can't 
you can't be a part of us. Like there are definitely like for me, if I was Thomas Jefferson's priest, <laughs> um, God forbid, but like, <laughs> I would be like, you know, it's okay to be Episcopalian and a deist, but we want to be in conversation about like challenging those deist beliefs and saying like, where is, does this conflict mm-hmm. with the traditions and beliefs of the, of the church as they were handed on from Jesus to the apostles down on down the line, like in our apostolic tradition and like be in conversation. And there should be sort of a movement towards whatever Max Episcopalian is. Um, so as I understand mm-hmm. uh, karate, there's yes, you know, you go up your belts, you finally hit black belt. Yeah. As as our sensei in our, our place always tells us, mm-hmm. that's just like the start of your journey is hitting black belt, which that's right. we're like, dude, it's been like five years. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then you go, you know, first degree, secondary, third degree, all that stuff. That's right. Yeah. And and as I understand it again, sorry for anyone who's listening who actually knows any of this stuff that I'm butchering, but I think ninth degree is more like an honorary thing that happens. Like you don't yeah. even really get it until you've died. Yeah. And it's like, you were there. Here's, here's your ninth degree black belt in death. Oh, wow. That's so cool. how, yeah. How do I get, how do I die and get my ninth degree black belt in Episcopalianism? Yeah. That's, that's my question for you. That's an awesome question. <laughs> and it is a superb analogy Boom. for what we're talking about. Cause in, like you're saying, like, and for those of y'all who don't know in Aikido, which I studied when I was younger, ah. um, it's the same thing. Like just Canadian black belt, or something. <laughs> yeah. Black belt is the marker of a serious student. Right. Like before that you're in the beginner levels, like, mm-hmm. and they don't have like a lot of different colors, but they have different grades. So you're like white belts. Um, sometimes they'll have a brown belt, but you just white belt, but different levels of that. And then black belt right. when you're a serious student. And then they have levels beyond that. Um, I think it goes up to ninth Dan or something like that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, but black belt is really like, okay, you're really serious. Now we've talked before about like sort of the three stages of the Christian life in this life, oh yeah, uh, which is like a sort of seeker stage mm-hmm. um, and then a disciple and then an apostle. So you might think uh, one way of thinking about this analogy is like seeker stage is like you're visiting and finding if you want to even join the dojo. Then you join the dojo and then you're a beginner and you're sort of a disciple, but you're learning all the different practices you're learning about you know the importance of coming to church of uh, of doing good works of prayer of tithing of uh giving uh, um uh you know like taking part in a ministry and then most importantly the top thing when you're a disciple to really become a black belt if you will which is a beginner but serious like the beginning right. of your serious ministry um you're finding your space and this process if someone's really like taking it seriously it can take different people are on different sort of time frames and paths sure, in life. Sure. but like if someone comes into the church and is baptized sort of becomes a white belt right <laughs> white belt <laughs> christian and and is really focused on their discipleship that discipleship phase can be like about two years probably like mm-hmm. to really kind of like get those things sorted and do the discernment. It takes time, but not a lot of time. Two years isn't that long yeah, um, for to sure. find of kind of find where your place is in the work of the church and the kingdom of God, it would, it, which doesn't necessarily mean like a volunteer 
in your local parish, like oftentimes the most, most of us, most of our lives are lived in our families and our workplace in the world. And like, that's where God deploys most of us. Um, and, and so that switch, we call that, you know, like at one, a disciple with a mission is an apostle. Mm. And so that's kind of getting your black belt, but there too, there's levels, right? There's grades. You move on from there. (laughs) Yeah. You're always still a student. You're always a disciple. You're always deepening your call, your relationship to go down the rabbit hole more with this analogy. It's kind of, I was just thinking about it that I've seen it particularly like in my, my non-denominational years Mm -hmm. in comparison with white, yellow, orange, you know, the lower belts. Yeah. You're on fire. For those first few, yeah. Like, oh, I just accepted yeah. Jesus, or I just joined the church, and what? I just joined the dojo. That's right. And you're like, boom, go hard, go hard, mm-hmm. go hard, and then you're like, eh, kind of, kind of done with this. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's interesting yeah. if you don't make it up to a certain level, mm-hmm. you know, with disciple yes. or, or apostle, you know, then yeah, you're kind of. Yeah. It's I think it's easy to to lose track before you hit that mark. That's right. It's so it so often is, and you know, like I think that does have to do like our church. And I'd say liturgical churches, and by that I mean more historically traditional churches sure. that have basically, you know, liturgical communion services um, that have are practicing the practices that inherited from the apostles, mm-hmm. um, have a more developed idea of the fullness of the Christian life. Where, whereas, like some again, churches oftentimes non-denominational, not always, but. Lent, Lend toward, to lean towards this where it's all about that getting saved moment but then there's not a lot of direction after that mm-hmm. and so like you don't know that like hey there's actually something to go for to be working on through your really joyous like new christian like yeah. awesome period but like after that you you're supposed to use that to kind of kind of like in a marriage like you know the first two years you're i mean often in a honeymoon stage which is really great so the mm-hmm. feelings are all wonderful all the time and all this stuff but you should be like a marriage is not just a wedding it's a whole life and so like you're trying unfortunately that's right <laughs> <laughs> so you're trying to build those practices in those first Sorry, few years. No. <laughs> She's got a great sense of humor by now, I'm sure. <laughs> it was learned. <laughs> That's right. That's one of those skills you learn. <laughs> um, but yeah, you want to build those practices that are going to sustain you through life. And then when you've kind of fused together too, I think marriage is too sort of like, there's a stage too where it's like, oh, you're, you've become kind of one unit. You, you've changed the way you think about yourself. Like, yeah. you know, like, um, you're not just an individual person. You're, you're, you're like a part in a partnership. Isn't it, in your experience in that weird, how that just kind of happens. I know also. it is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes. you don't ever make your own decisions anymore, yeah, but you right. also don't, hey. you also don't think about it. It's just you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you're just, it is weird. And then, and then yeah. we have a kid, same principle. Like, That's right. It's just like all of a sudden there's this other, Part, yeah, it's yeah. like a, just another part of you. It's not. That's right. It's not like you know you have to even consciously go. Yes. Oh, but what about Sable? What about Ivy? It's just like your decisions just do yeah. that. It's yeah, weird. it's weird, man. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and so, like, um, and yeah, I think it's the same in the Christian life because the Christian, I mean, marriage is uh, in our marriage ceremony. There's a liturgy for that too, or a wedding ceremony, I should say. But like a marriage is also a liturgy, like the whole life together. The Christian life is a liturgy. It is a pattern 
of practice that you express that hopefully is expressing the pattern of the logos, the word of God, right? Mm -hmm. More and more in your life. And that's why it's infinite, right? Like when, just because you become a disciple, that's not the end point. And when you become an apostle, you know, and again, we're using these terms specifically here and loosely, um, like, um, but when you figure out your sort of your call, at least for that time in your life, that's not the end point either. It's mm-hmm. like, you're always going to be deepening your relationship with Christ and growing in your, in your, in your individual ministry as a Christian, what God has given you to do, even if it's like not super visible to the world, it's like a very behind the scenes thing you know, like in your friend group or in your family and like uh, at your workplace, stuff like that. Like there's God works so much through so many people in ways that aren't that visible. But um, I want to, but like, but the, the ultimate thing, and this is where we're talking about Max Episcopalian, right? There is a ninth level, a ninth yeah. Dan to Nirvana. Like, that's right. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, like not Nirvana in the way the Buddhists think about it, but it's it's what we kind of got to before in our previous thing is sainthood. Like you were like, what if I want to be a saint? It's like, yes, yeah. that is the goal of every Christian. That is the goal of every baptism is to create a new saint. And like, there's a lot you can say about what a saint is. Um, certainly, like if you read scriptures, like you know, like saint was just the name of Christians. So like, oh yeah, uh, the Paul Saint Paul will write to the Corinthians and be like, you know, um, greet the saints for me. Mm-hmm. And it means greet the church. You know, like so every Christian is expected to be a saint. A, a word that means. It, it's in the Old Testament too, a holy one or shining one. So one set apart for a particular purpose. Mm. Now, of course, when we think about saints now, we think about New Orleans. like, yeah, that's for New Orleans Saints. <laughs> yeah. The witness team in football. <laughs> or they ought to be. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> we'll um, go with that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Didn't believe it, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell me when they are and then I'll start Okay, watching. cool, cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Um, but like, uh, we think about like St. Francis, uh, you know, like St. Martin of Tours or, you know, like St. Teresa, Mother Teresa, um, famous saints and Saint like Margaret, St. Margaret. That's right. <laughs> um, I've heard of her. Uh, and these are like famous saints. They're what you're called canonized saints. Canon is sort of the word for calendar. So like they're on, they, their feast days are on the schedule that is regularly celebrated by at least some churches. Can we run out of those? Oh, we're running out of Days? What? Oh, we're way out of days. Like every do they, day, do they double up? Yeah. They, oh, yeah, yeah. If you uh, look at any day of the year, like there's probably a dozen saints you can oh, be celebrating. But like you know, there are some saints that are more locally known mm-hmm. because they were maybe from that location or they had some connection to it. Maybe um, like Saint Andrew never went to Scotland, but his remains were taken there, so he became the patron saint of Scotland. Oh, that's weird. So like we might not say, celebrate Saint Andrew. Who Andrew's took him day, there? But like uh, you know, some monks probably. And there was like, a whole he thing here. in the Middle Ages <laughs> of like monks stealing That's relics, <laughs> stealing the bodies of saints from other monasteries because huh. the cooler a saint you had in your monastery, the more pilgrims would come and they'd like make donations, and then your your monastery. Would Can you remind me about what those Ten Commandments are? Because I think there's one. Uh, I don't need reminding. <laughs> It was fun. It was like, it was like fraternities stealing each other's (laughs) like mascot. Yeah. 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 
It's uh, that's <laughs> it's really they would like cross oceans and go like <laughs> oh sneak gosh. in and like steal. It's, it's really. I, funny. I remember actually uh, a few months ago, I mean, you had a conversation about going to Scotland or yeah. or Spain or something and uh, stealing Spain, yes. stealing some Saint Margaret Saint Margaret's relics. Yeah, just yeah. like her shoulder bone or something. Her shoulder bone is actually back in Scotland. Okay, so that's all they've got of her. The rest is somewhere in Spain. They know which church did it. I think yes. the problem is they really they don't know which tomb. It's oh. like they lost that. So we're going to just have to take them all. So we can have both a combination <laughs> all the bodies. heist and treasure hunt. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this we is, is going to be the most Indiana Jones thing. <laughs> yes, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We'll find some crystal skulls. <laughs> just kidding. That movie was terrible. I skulls. saw it once and I don't even remember it. I need to go back see, and see if it was, how as, you know if it's it was terrible. as bad as it was. Yeah. You know, Your mind was like, said. no, we can use this space for something else. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have a question. If okay. you're, I don't know yeah, if you're yeah, still yeah. in the middle of a thought, but. No, um, yeah. So we had a you know long discussion series about yeah. charisms. Yes. Where would you say in the Episcopalian yeah. life the discernment of charisms come in? So to me, like yellow in my belt understanding, or yeah. like black no, belt. No, no, no. It, you're so you're a disciple. Okay. Right? Because charisms. So your first degree black belt. Yeah. Charisms <laughs> don't start to express until certainly uh, you've been baptized, uh, and they express more. They're they're gifts of the Holy Spirit that are d- designed to equip the saints. With the tools, the skills they need, the the work to cooperate with them, so that they're cooperating with God, which is what a saint is. That's that's the holiness of um, of a Christian is to be a person who, just like Jesus was fully human and fully God, we want to be fully human, fully ourselves. Mm-hmm. In like, not to say that everything we think or want is good. But we want to like purify ourselves, but we want our will not to be demolished and then god's will instead we want our will and god's will to come together right we and Mm -hmm. god wants to work with us and through us he wants equal partners he wants sons not slaves right Right. like um as c.s lewis would say it so maybe you're answering my question kind of on accident but like to me ninth degree black belt yeah episcopalian like in my head, I just see like some monk on a mountain doing nothing except worshiping and and sitting there. But yeah, but yeah, if your charism isn't no that yeah. sort of thing, yeah, can you still hit ninth degree without that? Exactly. Yes. Yes. So that's that's a yeah. So like, I'll I'll briefly finish the charism question, but like basically, mm-hmm. I if I would say if you're just either getting baptized coming into the church or you were baptized as a baby, but you're like getting serious and you've like had a moment of faith of commitment to Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior. I'd say the first thing is like the basic practices, right? You're going to want to get a prayer life in order. You're going to want to have a rule of life, get a sort of a sense of like, uh, get into a community, get, build those relationships with other people. (laughs) Um, start working on your present relationships, like with your spouse or family or friends and like Christianizing them, you know, like we all, all Christians and all non-Christians, we all have room to love and forgive more in our, you know, like, so start those basic kind of Christian life changes, the basic discipleship stuff to me, discerning charisms then comes, comes next um or okay. or simultaneously but sort of like you want to get started on the on the 
basic stuff first, church attendance, you know, like finding a community, all that stuff. Sure. But then you want to pretty immediately start doing that. So discernment of your charisms can come in, even if you've kind of found a click of like a thing you think you're called to, you can still be discerning charisms after that. Um, you know, so discerning charisms helps you find that thing. But even if you already have your thing, um, there's always more a deepening of that. So discernment of charisms, I'd say it comes in discipleship, like mid to late discipleship to in, into being an apostle as well. Mm-hmm. But to what you were saying, like you have this idea of like what a saint is and yeah. like, a monk like up just, on a mountain, you that, know, like, like, uh, just the ideal version of, you know, yeah. Like, or I don't know, stereotypical version. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That's right. And that's, I mean, like that might be some saints are like that, right. Mm-hmm. That, but that was their particular call. Or like mother Teresa, you know, yes, like she didn't right. have anything except helping people. You know? Exactly. That's right. Yeah. And she was a monastic too, but not, a a hermit mm-hmm. right. very much in the world, in the cities serving. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I remember reading a long time ago when I was looking up the Episcopal church, uh, stuff about it. I was already attending, but I was like, Oh, I want to know more. The first thing that came up on Google back in those days was this like geo cities webpage Geo-Cities. and like <laughs> of like, this, this like, obviously, like, I don't know if they were fundamentalist or non-denominational, but they had this webpage about every denomination, about how they were all going to hell. Oh, my gosh. And how they were all wrong. It's <laughs> awful. And I was like, well, I'm going to read this, obviously. You check it was it like out. Episcopal <laughs> Church. And, like, they said something that was really funny to me. I even knew then. It was like, well, this is not correct. They were like, well, they're one of those, uh, you know, you know, more Catholic sacramental churches so they believe in seven sacraments and if you want to be saved you have to do all seven sacraments and (laughs) it's like all the sacraments are good and important but like if you think about it baptism yes yeah like every we've talked like that's the entrance and like that's good um uh confirmation for sure Mm -hmm. but like marriage no they're celibate (laughs) or just single (laughs) you don't have to get married to be saved um god's like oh not married gross that's right get out (laughs) there's uh there's unction like you don't have to get last rights at death unction unction is like anointing at death oh or in the sink yeah what if you die in a car wreck sick you just go straight Um, to hell that's right no yeah that's right you don't into that there's a confession like i guess i would argue you do have to be repentant like right, that's part right. of really key part of the christian sure. life forgiveness forgiving others and seeking forgiveness for yourself both from god and others very very important mm-hmm. part of our faith but you don't have to like necessarily do the sacrament of confession with a priest in order like that's not necessary all the time right. you know like um that's part of our teaching on it but then ordination is the other one so like you really got this sense and some people kind of think about it this way too even episcopalians not not quite as you know crazily as as this person thought about it but like you know um so only priests can make it to heaven right exactly but they kind of people will kind of put this um this uh holy holiness gradient 
it's like lay people is the lowest, like, or like maybe non-Christians. Then if you're baptized, you're a lay person. Then if you're ordained, you're a deacon. And then priests are even holier than deacons. <laughs> and then bishops are like the top of the thing where you kind of get this sense. It's like, well, if you really want to be Max Episcopalian, you got to be totally ordained in everything. You know, like bishops are well, obviously more Episcopalian thank goodness and more Christian. I am an ordained minister. Yeah, that's right. Thank, goodness, thank, thank you, Internet. <laughs> for bringing up this problem and the solution. The internet yeah. got me to heaven, man. Yeah, that's right. So like, but this is like really flawed, you know, I'm, I'm thankfully nah. being a priest. I've met lots of other priests yeah, and bishops and deacons. And you're going to And heaven. I know that they are, they're nothing, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a very particular role in the church and it's, it's an important role. Um, and it's a holy and divine ordained role, but it doesn't make the person who occupies that office any better or more holy or or more Christian or more Episcopalian mm-hmm. than anyone else. So, like, as a sacramental church, like, we do want to say, like, hey, you can actually become more holy in your life. That's very important. But we don't want to confuse that with the hierarchy of the church. The hierarchy... Hierarchy means holy order, uh, holy holy rule, um, that and it's meant to reflect actually the order of angels oh, that yeah. serve God in heaven. So it's an order of service of servants. You know, deacon just means servant in Greek. In um, Greek, and then presbyter is an elder, and uh, a bishop is an overseer. And if you look at the way the church has been structured since. The very beginning, right? There's certainly like important leadership roles that these offices of bishop, priest, and deacon take up in the church, but they're all actually they're servant leaders, right? They're sort of to be like the opposite of a worldly leader, mm-hmm. where like you know a commander or a president might come in and it's just like do this, do this, do this, do this. Whereas like um, the Bishop, the, our our job as as ordained leaders is to equip the saints. It's it's literally in the um, in the ordination vows, right? Mm-hmm. So our job is to make all Christians better Christians, uh, and you know, be sort of like. So we're sort of on. We're one. We're all just Christians. Mm-hmm. Like we're all baptized Christians. Our baptism is our first call. We all have to find our vocation in that. There's a special office of, and just dis, dis, uh, different offices for clergy, but like it's not an office that's above the laity. In fact, usually it's below the laity in that it's sort of supporting supporting all the calls of the lady right. that that's where the rubber generally hits the road even though you know like on sundays obviously that's our clergy time to shine because we lead the worship right um or we're teaching or whatever it is but where the rubber actually hits the road in the christian life is not um is is through the whole life right it's like we kind of talked about this on Sunday in my sermon about like Jesus is the whole thing. You can't divide up Christianity into like the prayer part and the action part and the fasting part and like the forgiving your friend who hurt you part. Mm -hmm. Like they all have to not only be included in the Christian life, but they're supposed to be mutually supporting each other. Like if you're praying so much, you're neglecting your family, you are praying wrong, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so like they're all supposed to, 
flow and support one another. Your prayer life should support your life as a husband and a father, and your life as a husband and a father should encourage your devotion and thanksgiving to God. And, you know, like also, yeah. So that GeoCities website is why yeah. I was always an angel fire guy myself. Uh, yeah, <laughs> seriously. Get it together. Get it together, GeoCities. Did you make any of those websites? I made one once. <laughs> It was. You couldn't it, not. It's man. probably still out there. If you were yeah. alive and in yeah. middle school, high school, in middle the mid nineties, and yep. you weren't making one, what were you even? Then what doing? were you doing? <laughs> yes. So it was. It was one page that you just scrolled all like. Oh yeah. So no multiple yeah, links. Exactly. No, I didn't know how to do that. The black run was black. Uh huh. The writing was all in red. Uh-huh. And it was, um, you know, a half finished loose paragraph about anarchism. And then uh, that was it. So uh, <laughs> never kind of finished finished my my uh, manifesto there, but it's mine, still out there if anyone I think wants. Mine to. was just like pictures of Beavis and Butt Hitters. Yeah. All right, <laughs> and no one had back. any idea. Yeah, like, <laughs> okay, quick side question: um, that music I just made with my mouth is going to be my sure. whole entire okay. editing. That's our. I refuse to actually go in and put any of this. How it's supposed to be? It's because we're too devoted to the context. Exactly. We just care too much. That's right. That's right. So, so yeah. Okay. So, okay. So as, okay, go ahead. I was going to say, let's, let's, you know, we, we like to go down our rabbit holes. That's what we do as a podcast, but I want to, I want to get right to the meat of this episode. Perfect. How do we become Max Episcopalian? Okay. Step by step. Go. So, (laughs) Well, let me say, let, let, uh. yeah, we got one more rabbit trail to go. <laughs> okay. Down, okay. Like what is Max Episcopalian then? Right. Cause we've mm-hmm. said kind of what it's not, yes. you know, it's not like, it's certainly not like you have to do all seven sacraments. That's <laughs> yeah. not what the sacraments are. They are not the levels of black belt. <laughs> There's like baptism, confirmation, Ooh. marriage, seven degrees, like Eucharist, <laughs> you know, like, um, confession and all that stuff and then you have to be ordained and then a deacon a priest you know like that's not it um that's a separate so you thing. can you can get to ninth degree without being a priest is what you're saying yes that's right wow. you can in fact like probably <laughs> most people are someone was saying just the other day i heard it was like uh talking about how like part of being a christian is like is difficulty. It's like dealing with suffering and difficulty. And we'll be talking about that next episode. Um, and like, so, you know, part of the priesthood's job, a priest's job is to help Christians suffer. And we're always doing a great job. <laughs> um, True. But yeah, I, that was a funny way for them to say like, hey, priests are kind of jerks sometimes. Mm-hmm. And yes, so I would say like, uh, what's included? that? What's that? Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I know. I already know. Um, but uh but yeah it is it is not and in fact like there are you know there are definitely a lot more sort of spiritual or there are definitely unique spiritual challenges and temptations to being a clergy person where it's like it's so easy to cloak yourself in your office personally and be like, well, I don't have to actually do this stuff. I already work for the church. Why do I have to be a Christian at home to, you know, like Uh, it's very easy to fall into that or spiritual pride where you think you're holier than you are just because you're taking up a sort of sacred space 
on behalf of the community. And it's like, that's called prelest. It's a very particular kind of pride. Mm. Um, on the extreme end of those is like cult leaders basically. And like, um, so yeah, I've had, I've had the thought along those lines of how mm -hmm. I feel like, like I've said, if I played music yeah. and it were my entire job, mm -hmm. I'm not sure I would have the same joy out of it. Cause there's so much stress and stuff on top of yes. just doing what you love. Yeah. So I've always wondered that about, priests or clergy, mm, you know, yeah. can, can it get that way sometimes where it's yes. so much your job that you want to on your not working time, mm -hmm. you want to not do that, you know? Yeah, that's definitely, I mean, I'd say that's the first big temptation. Then the other one is to collapse them all together where mm -hmm. it's like, there's a difference between leading a communal spirituality of a community, either in direct like sacraments or just like in leadership and stuff like that, how, you know, everything is, is how we relate to God. Mm -hmm. But there's a difference between doing that and actually nourishing your own individual personal relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people can collapse the two and it's like, well, I'm doing such a good job with the communal stuff. Like that should feed me personally too. Uh, it's like, no, you have to make time I for see. yourself. You have to take retreats. You have to pray your own like you you can't just pray the prayers of the church on behalf of the church you have to have your own prayers you know yeah. you have to have your own prayer life aside from that and so it's the same struggle that any christian yeah. has you know like it's interesting yeah yeah so like um so all that is to say well if being a clergy person isn't going to help you um <laughs> then uh in fact it might for some <laughs> sometimes it makes it harder um, because you're just so close to it. Heavy is the head. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, heavy are the hands that drink the coffee. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so what, what is Max Episcopalian? Like I said, like in short form, it's, it's a saint. Um, and so it is the, the steps to, to, um, to sainthood. Like I said, we, we oftentimes think about those famous saints and some of those famous saints were, they either did miraculous things or they were monks up on a mountain or they were like, did these amazing things in India, like mother Teresa or whatever, like they did right. these great works. And those saints are supposed to be signs to the rest of us of the presence of God in certain things. But like, just like if you take mother Teresa, um, she's not just a saint, she's a saint, but she's also an exemplar saint, right? right? So she exemplifies that, which was her very particular calling. Like she wasn't called to be up on a mountain. She wasn't called to do miracles, you know, mm -hmm. like, and some saints are, she wasn't called to be a great intellectual saint, like a thinker, a preacher, she was very simple. Let it be known that Father Eric just called Mother Teresa dumb. Yep. <laughs> she was uh, she, not that kind of simple. She, I mean, and she was a very powerful speaker as well. If you ever heard her, she does not mince words. But she's not clever. She's, you know, like she's not an intellectual. Um, it's a joke. She's not academic. Yeah. It's, it hurts my feelings. No, just kidding. Um, the uh, uh, but she had this exemplar of what of works right, right. of what it looks like to be devoted to your neighbor as yourself, right? To be devoted to your neighbor really as Christ, right? She thought she, people would ask her like, Oh, what do you think about this AIDS victim or AIDS patient who's living on the streets and is going to die? How do you think he got that? And she was like, uh, and what do you think Jesus would think about 
what he did to get that. And she would be like, you don't understand. Like this is Jesus, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and so she exemplifies that. And that's a piece of that is a little piece of something we all ought to be doing. Like we all need to be loving our neighbor. You know, we all need to be praying, not necessarily as extremely as that saint who's up on a mountain and devotes his whole life to prayer. Right. But we that should be an inspiration to what's possible in our prayer life. Sure. Um, the same with the intellectual ones, like you know, like kind of like talking to Nathan Jennings, right? About mm-hmm. like theology is the contemplation of God and like <laughs> stuff like that. And it's like we don't all need to be Saint Thomas Aquinas and like right. Thank write goodness. some thank- yeah, thank thank goodness. <laughs> but like we do need to engage our intellectual understanding at whatever level we're at, like to like understand things about God and be awed by that, you know, like not just dryly. And so like, so to be a saint is to be in a little way, all of those things, those big saints, great saints are exemplars of those aspects of the Christian life. To be a saint is to be, um, but is to, is to uh, cooperate with God fully, you know, like our, our yeah. saint and Max Episcopalian, equivalent that is where i'm going with this yeah Ah. so like that's the thing just like you know like our prayers ought to not be in competition with but support our family life which ought to be support our um our life of service and giving to the poor and Mm -hmm. serving the poor and like that ought to support our church attendance like these things we're trying to find the way when we find the way in which they sort of make a nice self building up circle in our lives Mm -hmm. that is probably where god has called you to be and how god has called you to live so um so that's very important but like coming back to then like what what is max episcopalian right max episcopalian it's not being the bishop it's also not being the guy who's at church every single day or every single Sunday. you know like oh i I will i will say actually every single sunday is a good goal (laughs) um church attendance like i'd say the the the, what we're aiming for for church attendance as Christians is like yes every Sunday and Holy Day that's mm-hmm. probably higher than most people kind of think about it now sure but but you don't have to be there every day you don't have to pray every single service you don't have to go to every service on Sunday or something like that you don't have to go to general convention or be a cradle Episcopalian or anything like that no the Episcopal Church as a whole only exists to create Christian saints followers of Jesus who follow Jesus all the way to the end, right? Who like increase always like to be an apostle. There's not nine levels. It's like infinite levels, you know, (laughs) like there's that I'll, I'll say there's obviously that level that is only attainable after death though, too. Like that is to be in the presence of God, both after death and then in the resurrection as well. Um, And so like that is sainthood, um, we call it the church triumphant, right? Sainthood attained, right? Down here, our whole lives, it's a struggle, but it's a beautiful struggle. And like, it's a struggle to continue to get closer and closer to Christ, love Jesus more and more through our life. Um, whether we need to like understand more things intellectually or whether we need to um, adjust how we serve people or our hearts, where our hearts at giving, you know, community involvement, like, all of these pieces are supposed to come together to create like someone who is 
more and more uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, um, more and more like Christ. So, um, so that's when we start saying that we see that Max Episcopalian isn't something unique or different from say like Max Roman Catholic or Max Orthodox or Max Lutheran, right? Like these things are all aiming for the same thing there. And like, obviously we can talk about the differences and we can talk about like, you know, Presbyterians and like, (sighs) there's, there's differences in like, like, but the argument between these communions is which one is better or which one creates more stumbling blocks for that. Right. Mm -hmm. So Matt being Max Episcopalian is not being like the coolest, best known person for being an Episcopalian. Right. It's being the best person you can be best known if you're a known or if or not if you're not every everyone's known by god but the best follower of jesus so max episcopalian is, is just max christian the vessel that we choose to get to max christian that's right that's right so like the episcopal church the whole ministry of the of the church is to create saints is to create uh, uh, little Christs, you know, like uh, we t- we've talked a little bit about theosis, like becoming like God by becoming mm-hmm. like Christ. Um, and so that is what it is. Like if we set our sights on anything besides that by being like, oh, well, I'm going to be Max Episcopalian by being like, uh, you know, like, well, on the lay track, right? Like, well, I'll be um, a lay minister and then I'll be on the vestry and then I'll go to general convention and then I'll like work for the national church. It's like, again, that's a side thing from mm-hmm. holiness right holiness is the point of of uh of the church and holiness is being sacred being set apart being with is that uh, theosis becoming more and more like god thing being more and more filled with the holy spirit turned into the likeness of christ so looking at yeah. mother Teresa, the monk on the mount yeah um is would mask max episcopalian to be the pinnacle yeah. Does there have to be a death of self? In a certain sense, yes, right? But like, you know, it's ambiguous there mm-hmm. because like Jesus says you have to die to live. You have to give to up one life Christ, to get another life. Die right? is gain. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> so like in the in a certain sense of ourself has to die. Like we don't want like the the um the whole, the whole church, the teaching of the church is the biblical worldview. Everything is like, uh, um, is basically the question, who are you going to serve? Right? Like you mm-hmm. don't get a sort of like just a thing where it's like, well, I'll just serve myself. Well, when you say I'm going to serve myself, what are you serving there? Well, you end up serving maybe your appetites, right? Like you're either just like hunger or your desire for comfort or your desire for power or your desire for, um, for, you know, pleasure for wealth, whatever. And eventually those desires become your master, right? Like you can't actually just serve yourself. Yourself isn't neutral. Um, you have those sort of worldly temptations and desires and they're not all bad, right? We've talked about before, like the desire for honor, right? That is, it's a, that's a real, the good desire there is the desire to be known, you know, like to be known and loved and that's a good desire. We all want to be known and loved by God and by our neighbors. But 
there's sort of a desire for honor, like prestige, right? Where it's like, well, if I become like really famous or I become really well known or whatever it is, like that will fill this desire to be known mm. by God and by neighbor. But oftentimes that actually ends up when it becomes like a temptation and a sin is when it ends up like replacing actually you being known, which, you know, usually involves your flaws being known, but with like the building up of a public persona that, um, that like gets you this pleasure, um, and, uh, of, of, of honor, but you're actually separating yourself from God and neighbor. Hmm. Um, so, uh, where was I going with that? Um, but, I can uh, uh, but you oh, yeah, death, like. death, death <laughs> to self. So like, so yeah, yeah, like that kind of thing, like our worldly selves and oftentimes like a lot I've noticed in my own spiritual life, a lot of who I thought I was when I was a teenager or like in my twenties or even like earlier in my thirties, like has gone a lot of that in marriage too. You know, like you yeah. discover things about yourself that you didn't even know you were like that. <laughs> uh, and like, you didn't even know your spouse was like, you know, like mm-hmm. there's like a lot of layers that get peeled away where it's like, I identified with that piece of who they I break was, you. but it's like, <laughs> it's true though. I mean, like it's like rough rocks that rub up against each <laughs> yeah, other. And make them, like <laughs> I joke, but it's yeah, true. And it's yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Marriage is like, it is the, it's called the school or family rather. Cause kids get involved too. Then um, is the school of virtue. Um, and it is because like, it's one thing to say, like, of course I love humans. I love my neighbor, but it's another thing to be like, I'm going to like live with this person for the rest of my life, no matter what, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, no matter how tough life gets. And then like, when you actually are like bound to someone, it's like, oh man, like I may love humanity, but it is hard to love this person (laughs) and to like, have them and for them to love you, you know, Mm -hmm. like you actually have a lot of rough edges and conflicts to, to figure out. Um, so like, so yes, you do have to die to self, like die to self every day. There are certain aspects of our humanity, um, that are, you you can call disordered, right? Like, you know, I want ice cream at, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, but it's like, no, I shouldn't do that. It's not good for my health. Right. Um, but also, you know, like I want to yell at this person, but that's not good for my soul. (laughs) You know, like, um, rather than death to self, would you better say maybe choosing God's will over yours? Yeah. But there too, it's like, yes, but you know, when I give up that ice cream, when I sacrifice that worldly self or worldly desire mm-hmm. what happens like jesus doesn't just die on the take up his cross and die on it he doesn't just die to self right no he gives up his life that he finds eternal life you mm-hmm. know um it what uses it to gain the whole world and lose your soul but instead die to yourself and gain eternal life um and so like when you let go of those things you find like, again, going back to the marriage analogy, because it's like dying, um, but <laughs> it's also like living, you know, like you get transformed. Like mm-hmm. when you give up or when you finally let go of a certain piece of your identity that's been peeled back, like, and again, I have several of these in my rear view mirror now where it's like, man, that 
just the whole self perception and way of being in the world was so important to me. <laughs> right. And it's like, not at all, yeah. but I like this one so much better, yeah. you know, like it's been peeled away. And it's like, there's a new creature, right? A new thing that is God willing a little more like what I was created to be or what Jesus was, you know? Um, so, so there's definitely like um, self denial is a big part of the Christian life. Um, because like by giving up our desires, then like as they kind of rot away or whatever, like something new springs up that is, is you don't even know what it is. Like sometimes it's that same thing transformed, um, into something better or sometimes something totally, totally different, but you got to kind of clear the, like Jesus uses this, like clear the soil, make sure it's tilled, it's deep. It's, you know, like, and see what God has planted in you before you were even born you know like but it's not not you is the thing right it's not like well i'm gonna give up all my stuff and then like god will sort of turn me into a supernatural robot and i won't even (laughs) think and he'll like be doing you know like sometimes the will of god like oh god control our wills is thought of in that way but it's more like they god wants our will to be to to be uh, aligned with his like mm-hmm. it's a synergy that that characterizes theosis where it's god and us together so that does involve stripping away things from our life for from our mind or you know forming our hearts more towards god all sorts of all, all these kinds of things i guess the um, the bright yeah. side of that too yeah. is it's kind of like if you've been eating keto for five years mm-hmm. and that's your true lifestyle yeah. of who you are, yeah, you're still tempted by the donut or whatever that's sometimes, right. but you're so used to doing things one way and that's so that's right. the direction of your life yes. that it's easier for you to go, nah. You know? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I think that's probably true with you know, yeah. having yeah. your heart set on God's will is that's that right. You you know if you've been doing it for a long time and that is mm-hmm. who you are as a person, yes, it's probably easier to say no to your own will than it would be for, you know, when the donuts yeah. in front of me, I'm like, yeah. hey, donut, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, and that's why too, like the Christian life, it's not a one and done thing ever, because there's like you can encounter something and it's like the thing that's in front of you and you're figuring it out and then like you figure out kind of what the issue is there and you repent of it and you kind of ask God for guidance in a new way and you kind of level up, right? Like get another belt there. But, and then you kind of make a habit out of like a good thing and it changes, it really changes you. You become like some people who do have like these big conversion moments and it's like, you know, like I used to smoke crack every day and now I go to church all the time and I'm, you know, like yeah. it, those transformations really do happen sometimes sure. very quickly, sometimes not at all, yeah. but like even then, right. You level up, but God doesn't just want you to have the right habits. Um, it's not just making habits, but you kind of build up to the next level and then it's like, okay, what's the new and deeper thing mm-hmm. that I can like uh, grow. Um, but in the sense that like I've used the image of like sort of peeling away layers, like mm-hmm. an onion, the, and CS Lewis talks about this in the last battle in uh, Chronicles of Narnia, but like, <sighs> <laughs> it's like the onion gets bigger on the inside with every layer. So it's like, you see this, like in the saints, especially, this is why I think reading the lives of the saints is so important. It's like 
the more it gets peeled away, it's not like they become less and less. Like, but this new them becomes bigger and bigger. This them that God is building in them. And it's like they can become very powerful, like powerful. It's like a hydra. Yeah, exactly. Like a hydra. <laughs> we cut off the head. To come back, that would be more of that would be a different analogy for <laughs> spiritual warfare, and like, uh, but yeah, okay. It, so it's like it's the yeah. the Christian life is bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. The more gotcha. you open it up, the bigger it get. The more you dive into it, like the bigger it gets. Um, yeah. Okay, so we're, we're and that's up. Max Episcopalian. <laughs> so we're buttoned up on an hour here. Yeah. So so let me ask. So well, last time we went so two hours. So. What? <laughs> I'm trying to save the people. So <laughs> this this last episode or two episodes ago on yeah. Becoming Episcopalian. Yes. It was directed at dojo seekers or white belts, basically, right? Yeah. Like that's so, like the process to become a white belt. So let's say right now you're talking to a black belt. Yep. Who's saying committed disciple of Jesus. What do I do to get to ninth degree? Yes. Well what that's, do you tell them? Yeah. So like, you know, I mean the the beginning parts of like discipleship of being a disciple are pretty standard, right? You want to have a rule of life. You want to make sure you have a prayer life. You want to make sure you have a community. You want to make sure you're attending church. You want to be looking at your time, talent, and treasure, stewarding your life. Start doing the basic practices um, that are that are out there. And like you start at whatever level you're at, mm-hmm. whether it's like, well, I've never prayed before. Well, just pray the Lord's Prayer in the morning and evening. And Mm -hmm. then start there and then see what you want to say to God after that. And like you can build, right? Then when you're finding, when you're doing all that, you're changing, right? Um, And so being a black belt means you found at least your first call where it's like, I'm not just like sort of like doing these things and building my relationship to God. I've found some way that God has put uh, uh, given me to give back, right? Mm-hmm. And it might be I'm going to go pray in the woods by myself all day. Mm-hmm. It might be I'm going to go preach the gospel on a street corner. It might be anything. It might be like I'm going to be I'm going to do administration for, you know, a church, you know, mm-hmm. like there's so many different things. So, the next steps become very individualized once uh-huh. you're at that black belt level, right? It's how you're using those gifts. That's of? right. That's right. But just like in marriage, right? Those initial practices at white belt, like, well, you've studied karate. Karate. (laughs) So, you know, it's not like you stop doing punches that you learned at white belt. That's a good point, yeah. The basics are so vitally important Mm -hmm. because that's what you're going to be using in those upper levels, but with more skill, with more discernment. Right, like when you're in black belt, when you're doing a sparring match, you don't know what combination. You know, you're not going to just do a kata of like a <laughs> pre. You know, like yeah. you're going to like have to be improvising, and so that's what black belt Christianity is. You're getting better and better at deciding, and using, discerning, yeah. yeah, in different contexts huh. what you're doing, and so there too, it's like okay, maybe if you're looking at the basic skills of Christianity, right prayer um Mm. serving others community involvement like there might be a season where it's like you know what i need to get more involved in my community or maybe it's like i need to go to you know like i need to start 
watching YouTube lectures or this has been a big season in my life um, <laughs> or whatever. Like uh, there's question, intellectual questions I have. That's an area I need to shore up. That's where the battle is right now. Um, and, or like maybe it's in your prayer life. Maybe it's in your heart. Maybe it's in your head. Maybe it's in your body, right? Like maybe it's like uh, in your family life. Um, how am I actually applying um, uh, my prayer to sort of like my whole my whole family? You know, like how am I asking for direction in this area? Um, you know, like I think for people who are married or have kid and or have kids, like husband, wife, father, mother is a vocation. Right. Sure. That is a calling. That's a core calling. And not everyone is called to one of those things, but every single person is a product of someone who was called to those <laughs> things, you know, like a hundred percent. So it is a very universal call there. So like, um, so a lot of it is in the context, not just of your church, because like, if you move, you're, you know, generally speaking, like you'll change churches, but you're not changing families, Yeah, you know, true. like, um, so well, I'd argue it's your hardest calling too. That's right. It I is. mean, it's yes. Yeah. And for as, single as people you know, not to leave no, single, no, of course uh, not. Yeah. single, yeah. Or, or celibate people out like you too will have some community yeah. you are called to. There's I mean, always it's, a community. It's the hardest calling yeah. for someone who is called. Yes, to do it. You that's know, it's, right. It's it's like, that's the fundamental one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, jobs as, come and go, careers come yeah. and go, locations come and go. That is one you're committed to. For I can yeah. be nice and friendly and happy to everyone I see at church, mm-hmm. but when you go home, it's it's harder to to be that same person yes. every moment of every day with your family. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. hard to make the right decisions at all times with your family. Because it is. They're there. That's right. That's <laughs> they right. They see the good and the bad yes. at all and times. And in your you know? career, your friendships, <laughs> yeah, exactly. all that stuff. So I'd say the black belt schedule, like mm-hmm. the leveling up thing mm-hmm. kind of gets to that peeling back the layers. Mm-hmm. Like you're leveling up the more you die to self and the more you're sort of reborn, mm-hmm. you know, you experience that resurrection. Like, People talk about this all the time. Like when you get good at something in the Christian life, oftentimes God turns the heat up, or yeah. the volume, you know, like, <laughs> and that's, you know, it, you know, we have songs in our church. So we sing with like refiners fire, right? Yeah. Like, that's the idea. Like he wants to turn the heat up. Um, he wants to give us more. The more we are set free from sin, mm-hmm. um, we die to self, right? the more free we are because we don't have that slavery. So the more choice we get in our life, like, again, it seems sometimes like, oh, well, if I'm a Christian, well, then I can't do drugs and I can't drink and I can't Darn sleep it. around. It's like all these no's, <laughs> right? But like when you give those things up, a lot of times people are like, well, what do I do now? Because you can do anything, right? right. The, 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 ascetical path of Christianity may be narrow in terms of like, yes, you have to like uh, develop the self-control and virtues. But when you get there, a virtuous person is more capable, has more choices in life Mm -hmm. than, than someone who's enslaved to some kind of sin or temptation, right? You're set free more and more. And so like, that's kind of the leveling up those challenges of like, the whole Christian life is a life of repentance, which means turning. So there's always something to turn away from or turn towards God in, you know, like an area of your life. It's like maybe you've got your home life, like really set up really well. And it's very beautiful and fruitful, but your career, like your 
office is a mess and like people hate each other and it's a toxic culture or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, okay, how am I going to be salt and light in that situation? Mm-hmm. Right. Not go in and just solve everything, yeah. but like, how am I going to be the presence of Christ there? And maybe you didn't have time to do that yet. Cause you were working on your home life or your fam, fam or your family of origin or your mm-hmm. friends or whatever. And so like when, when you battle each of these areas, that I think is kind of like the latter. Actually, there's this saint named Saint John Climactus. Ooh. That's not his real last name. Climactus just means like climb. It's like <laughs> it means ladder. Saint John of the Ladder. And so he was a monk and teaching monks, but he was talking about the ladder of divine ascent, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. as you grow in virtue, it's it actually it's also just like an RPG game, right? Like when you level up the missions you get are harder. Mm-hmm. And so, because you're more capable. And so like you're we weren't supposed to make ladders to heaven. What's that? Well, no, well, Jesus <laughs> gives us a ladder. Jacob was saw the ladder to heaven. And uh, yeah, so like it is like, or build towers. I don't know. No, no, no. But that's just it. The tower of Babel was designed to trap God down here. Uh, that's what they were trying to do. It was like, that's what, that's what uh, ziggurats do. It's like a, mm-hmm. a trap for a God, essentially. Oh, like, uh, um, or making the God live there to so like, we'll serve you, God, by giving you sacrifices, and then you'll give us all our cool stuff that we want, <laughs> right? And again, it's not a trap, but it's like a deal. And God's like, no, like, that's no deal. You know, like... <laughs> I'm not subject to human will. In fact, human will needs to be subject to my will. But again, can't put God in a box. What's where you can't put God in a box. But the (laughs) the beautiful thing is, you know, most people at that time thought that meant well. So does that mean we have to just be slaves of God, right? It's his will or ours. Mm -hmm. The beauty of that's revealed in Jesus and the rest of the scriptures, Old Testament and New, is that no, when we give up our sort of our own self-conception of what our will and desires are, we discover we have much deeper, a much stronger will, a much deeper desires that those like little sinful desires were only masking. And it was like taking up our energy away from, from the, that, that stuff, you know, like, okay, so we wanted to go and do drugs and drink and sleep around and all that kind of stuff. Right. And like, it's like, Oh no, the Christian way is so narrow and limited. But when you go into that and you give that stuff up, you do see this broad open field where it's now like, oh my gosh, I have an opportunity to have such deeper relationships with people than when I was just going to bars and sleeping around. I have an opportunity for such more adventure, mm-hmm. some adventures than just like, again, going to the bar and like drinking. And it's like, it feels really fun. Like you're like, oh, oh yeah. Like, but it's an illusion. It's a chemical thing where it's like you're doing this stuff or, or drugs or stuff like that. You it's know? a hard paradigm to, to really is. wrap your mind around. I think from yeah. the outside as, as, it is. as someone who's, you know, maybe a first degree black belt Episcopalian myself, yeah. well, like, yeah, I'd say like so. <laughs> that's, there's still so much self yes. that even yeah. that's like hard to just think, that's think right. in that way. Like, and I'm like, not just oh, talking crap just, about bars. If I, no, I like, know. It's, it is okay. <laughs> like, if I we give up, theology on tap, it's great. Like <laughs> if I give up yeah. this or this or this or this, yeah. it'll actually free me up more. That's just sometimes that's like, ah, I know, you know, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. But that's kind of what Lent and Easter are yeah, about, you know, like true. that's part of the practices there is like you pick 
a thing. How topical. <laughs> and you like, yeah, you deny yourself that. And sometimes it's not even like necessarily a bad thing, but it's just the process of like giving it up is telling, it's, it's revealing a, a deeper will than you thought you had. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, my will isn't just for chocolate, you know, like I yeah. can give that up and I'm bigger than that, you yeah. know, like, so God is revealing in us like his will for us, but not, not just his will, our will that he created us to like use for love creatively not even just being like well what do i need to do god tell me the exact thing god's like i want you to go here and love me and love your neighbor Mm -hmm. and you get to figure it out with me you know like it's a partnership not a and uh something just go back (laughs) a little bit um just to make sure i understand the concept Mm. fully refiner's fire yes it's basically a great reason to set the bar low and stay under the radar Right. Well, is that, I think <laughs> yes, yes and no, actually. So like, I'm a big fan actually of low bar setting or rather I'd say like, I actually think setting the bar, not high, but normal, realistically, realistically, <laughs> but having low expectations. So like, like we talk about stewardship a lot at our church and like the biblical standard for stewardship for, for managing your time, talent and treasure, but for giving is 10%, right? Like, so like I talk about this, I preach about it, but we all know it's not so easy for someone to be like, Oh, I'm a Christian now. It's like, what 10% of my income I'm supposed to give to a church, right? It's like, no, no one starts there. You yeah. know, like you start with, Okay, like, well, I know I need to give something to someone. Maybe mm-hmm. you start with giving to a nonprofit. That's how I started. And then I was like, oh, but I do need to give to my church because I belong to it. Mm-hmm. And then we think about like, okay, just think proportionally about what proportion of all the money that you get every year. It's a gift from God in some way. Like you went out and worked for it, but like there's more going on than just that, right? Like everything is a gift from God. It's entrusted to you. So like what percentage do you give back to your church community? And then like, you kind of work on it up there, you know, like, and like, yes, I, I, and I absolutely agree. And I try to practice myself too. Like 10% is what we quote unquote should be doing. That is a very high bar. I Mm -hmm. acknowledge that. And that's not where people start. That's not white belt there, you know, like (laughs) that is something you have to, and you have to do it prayerfully. Mm -hmm. And this is where it gets to, it's not just about checking the boxes of all the different practices. It's like, okay, does the way you give to your church support, is it supported by your prayer life and your relationship with God? And does it lead you to be more Christian, more faithful with the other 90% or 95% or 98% of the money that you Mm -hmm. don't give to the church, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's ultimately what it's trying to do. It's a practice that is designed to be one, an opportunity to pray to God about all the practical stuff in your life to say like, what do you want me to do to acknowledge that it's a gift from God and see it, be grateful for it. Um, but then it's designed to like shape your life so that you are like just more generous with all your, t- your, your treasure, you know, like you're more willing to give it to someone in need. Um, but not just like a beggar on the street. That's a good thing to do that for <laughs> sure. But like, you know, when a friend or a family member, like I know how hard it is when like, someone who's close to you or like medium close to you, like not super close, but they're like, they need something. It's like, Oh, do I have to like, 
take my hard-earned money and another like another GoFundMe. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or even like use the resources. It's like, oh man, okay, so you use your hard-earned money to buy a house, and it's like, oh man, do I have to let my cousin stay with me for three mm-hmm. months while mm-hmm. they find mm-hmm. a job? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, yes. Why? Because you didn't buy. You bought that house, but that money came from God. That you know, it's for. You, it starts to change the way you think about all your possessions. It's like, mm-hmm. I own them, but as a steward on behalf of God for the building up of his kingdom, you know, like, yeah. and again, it's not to say like, you always have to do the max of, you know, mm-hmm. what a social worker would want you to do with it. It's, <laughs> right. but it's meant to feed into that life of, of prayer and same with prayer, right? Like don't start with, it's like, I'm going to say morning prayer, daily office, full thing, all three readings, the whole Psalms and noonday prayer and evening prayer and Compline every single day. It's like, no, you start with like, I'm going to say a prayer in the morning and a prayer in the evening. I'm going to say the Lord's prayer mm-hmm. and then the Lord's prayer sometime in the middle of the day. It's usually, if someone's really serious, mm-hmm. three times a day, just the Lord's prayer. That's very simple mm-hmm. and small, but it's like a little but wedge. Harsh. Yeah. And it start, yeah, it's like planting a seed. Uh-huh. But in that seed, it starts to grow from there, like yeah. naturally and organically. So like, yeah. Nice. So I think. It's just, just start starting small. Not, not again, I like to keep the bar. It's not high, high either. It's yeah. not like give up everything you own, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like pray all the time, um, like verbally. Um, eventually, you do want your whole life to be in a way a prayer, but like an offering. Right. right? But you're, that doesn't mean usually literally saying prayers all day. That's not a good bar. <laughs> right. Um, for some saints, maybe, but like some saints prayed even with, while they slept. But again, that's, that's a sort of special it's its end own, point own for them. That's, that's yeah. ninth level. Right. <laughs> so, right. so yeah. Well, that start folks. small. Yeah. <laughs> Was Max Episcopalian. That's Max Episcopalian right there. <laughs> yeah. I think... Uh, I feel like we're getting an email from it. Max Episcopalian. Just, like, hi, I'm Maximilian hi, Episcopalian. The name's Max. Yes, I... Um, <laughs> Heard you were talking about... I'm suing you for likeness rights. Um, class action with... Well, it's after the Matt's likeness. So. <laughs> Wait, is, are you saying Matt Episcopalian or <laughs> Max... <laughs> Oh man! Yeah. Well, guys, uh, we'll skip the question this time because uh, it's an hour and sixteen minutes and forty-one seconds on this You're clock. Welcome. So, <laughs> but as always, yes. we appreciate each and every one of you. We really do from the we depths m- of our souls. And let me tell you, I missed y'all in this too. last month. Yeah, um, we love you so much. We hope you had a good Christmas mm-hmm. and. Epiphany mm-hmm. and Feast of the Presentation, which was last week. Oh, that's what I should have talked about. You Never should mind. have. Gosh. I'm an idiot. And uh, Valentine's Day will happen before. That's right. The next one. So, you, so very happy. You Valentine's couples, Day. you have a lovey dovey time, and you yeah. single folks, hey, just grin and bear it, man. Yeah, just, it'll be over soon. <laughs> <laughs> but we love you guys, and uh, make sure to like, subscribe, rate, share. Five stars. Yeah, click baby. whatever button is on, on your screen. Them. Just do yep. it. Mm-hmm. If it says something that sounds good, make sure you do that one. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are the best. Yes. And uh, I'm Matt Kitchen. And I'm Father Eric. And this is After, After the, the Likeness. likeness. Bye. Bye.